Well, hey, I want to begin this morning in our talk. I've only got about 20 minutes. So I want to begin by reading like the traditional Christmas story, the story that we just heard some, some young kids tell. And it begins in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. If you don't have your Bibles, no worries. We, we got the Bible on the screen. It's the magic of the air Bible. It says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Now the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. Man, we could camp right there, those five words. The Lord is with you. I don't know what pain you brought into this holiday season or what memories from your past you're carrying with you today. I don't know who was once with you during Christmas. It is no longer here and the pain that that brings up. But I'm telling you, man, there is encouragement. We could have church right here on those five words. There's something about the fact in holding true to the reality, the revelation that God is with you, man. And if he's with you, he's for you. And if he's for you, your best days are still yet to come. And, and so the angel says, hey, hey, Mary, the Lord is, is with you. Now look at, verse, look at verse 29. Mary is greatly troubled. She's troubled at his, at his words and, and kind of wondered, what, what greeting is this? But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You've been, you found favor with God. You're going to conceive, give birth to a son, and call him Jesus. He's going to be great, and he's going to be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, who will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Then Mary said, how is this going to be? I'm only a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your cousin, your relative, she is scheduled to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Mary said, well, I'm the Lord's servant. This seems crazy, it seems odd, seems strange, but may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I want to read one more portion of scripture, just two verses. The apostle Paul is writing, he's speaking in Romans chapter 8, verse 24. He says, now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We wait for it with patience. I wanna, I wanna share with you and speak from a message entitled, entitled, The Hope of Christmas. Let's pray one more time this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these next few moments together. We're so grateful for the opportunity that we have just to gather together and to really rally around the truth of what this season is all about, the birth and the arrival of the Messiah, our King, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus. God, wherever we're at in here, wherever, wherever we come from, whatever background or, or belief systems, God, I just ask that you'd meet us right where we're at. Father, we love you so much. May you make up the distance between what I would humanly say and what you want to speak into the hearts and the minds of everybody in here today. And God, we ask that your Buckeyes would beat the Huskies in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said... Come on, everybody who agreed said? Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. If we can't make it to the final four, Rose Bowl's the next best option. Let's go. Let's go. Can I get a little participation in here this morning? How many of you guys would say you, you, enjoy, you enjoy a good surprise? A good, a good surprise? You'd like to be surprised with a, maybe a gift or a party? How many of you would say you, you find yourself on the other side of the fence? You, like, even if it's good. I want to know. I want to know beforehand. I want to know what to wear. I want to know what we're, what we're coming from. Can I see your hands? Come on, that's quite a few of you. 
I think the verdict's still out as to whether or not I enjoy surprises. I'm not really sure, but I do know this, that, that several years ago, my wife threw my favorite birthday of all time. She threw me a surprise birthday party, and she invited everybody that I knew, because because to me, like, a party is only good if everybody that I've ever met is there. Like, if I've met you one time, you're invited to my party. Like, that's a true story. Like, my wife and I are very different in that, in that regard. She'd kind of rather just kind of have some close, intimate friends around a really good meal. And I'm like, yo, let's get the balloons, the confetti. Let's, 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 let's put this thing. Every Facebook friend that I've never even met before and somehow we're friends, they're invited. And just come on, bring, bring them out. And so it was like the best. It was my favorite birthday of all time. But now contrast that to, to, to a time when I was in third grade. Third grade, let's rewind when I was nine years old. And, and my grandma, who I used to spend quite a bit of time with, when my mom was working, I'd, I'd be with her most of the time. And, and, and she worked for an attorney. And this particular attorney, uh, I got to know pretty well, and he got to know me. And, and, and he decided he's going to get me a Christmas gift. Now, how many of you know when an attorney says he's going to get you a gift, you're like, this is going to be a pretty good gift. And so like, I knew enough, even at nine years old, like, like please, bring, bring it on, you know? And so, so I, can't, I cannot wait, and I, I show up, and, and, there, and there's, there's my grandma's boss, and, and he hands me this gift, and I begin to unwrap, I begin to unwrap the presents. It's pretty heavy, and, it, and I see this small tin can. And it's, it's heavy, though. There's some weight to it. I'm like, gosh, what's in here, you know? This, it must be like $1 billion in here. It's so heavy. And, and I begin to un... Un, 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 you know, pull the lid off and, and, and I, uh, uh, what, uh, it's a, it's a box of, of rocks. Uh, there, there must be a mistake. It's, it's rocks. No, no Jordan, I, I saw you. Every time you come, you always go outside and you, you play with the rocks. It's, it's because you don't have any toys, man. It's, it's an attorney's office. Like, it's not my choice. It's, so it's the only option I've got. Like, I was given, it's in one of those moments where you're like, this is not the surprise. Like, you're, I'm, I'm so excited for what's to come. And, and I come to find out it's not at all what I had expected, right? In a lot of ways, this is indicative and, and represents the, the, the Christmas story, if you will. Because if we, if, we, if we put ourselves into the story for just a, a moment, we, we begin to discover that, that the story itself is not what people had expected. Sometimes we can, we can water the scriptures down and we hear it so many times and our, our parents read it to us when we were growing up or, or we've heard a pastor preach it year over year and we, and we fail to realize that this, this, is, this is not what people would have assumed and, and how, how rather the people would have assumed that the Messiah, the, 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 the prophesied Savior of the world is going to show up on the scene. Here, here's Mary, she's this young teenage girl, and, 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 and there's an angel, and he suddenly appears. Now, now naturally, as you or I would expect, she's frightened, she's terrified. This isn't a moment of great joy. This is like, what are you doing here? Where did you come from, and how did you just walk through that wall? Like, what? And, 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 the, and then furthermore, the angel says, hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby. You mean like with my, with my fiancé, Joseph, whom I'm engaged to? No, I mean like, you're actually going to get pregnant now. No, how is this possible? I'm, I'm a virgin. Yeah, I know. It's perfect. It's exactly, what we, exactly who we've been looking for. Well, hold up a second. But what's Joseph going to do? Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant. Mary begins to tell her the story. Yeah, an angel showed up and 
told me I'm pregnant. That's why I'm starting to kind of get this belly. Sure he did. <laughs> see, see, legally, literally, legally, according to Jewish tr- tradition and custom, Joseph should have left Mary. He, he should have said, no, we're done. I'm moving on. You betrayed me. In, in a lot of ways, even the shame that Mary would have carried with her as she's walking around town, as, as her belly began to grow, and, and she begins to hear the whispers of people sharing rumors about her. This is, this is not what you would expect. I mean, it seems kind, of, seems kind of strange. Furthermore, nine months goes by. Joseph decides to stay by his, 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 his future wife's side, and, and, and they, they find themselves in Bethlehem, which is nowhereville, by the way. It's not Jerusalem. Jerusalem, it's not LA, it's not New York, it's not Paris. Like Bethlehem isn't even, you don't even, you can't even find it on a map. Like Bethlehem would never have been talked about had it not been for Jesus being born there. And when they get there, there's no room. Like you would think that if this was God's plan all along, he would have at least provided like, like a room at the Ritz or the Renaissance or something. There's, there's, there's an inn. Nope, sorry, no room. Holiday Inn. Nope, sorry, no room. But there's a barn. And there's a feeding trough, and you could use it as a manger if you, if you want to. In fact, King Herod, who's in charge of that region at that time, he discovers that there's this prophesied king who has just been born. He's going to rule and reign over all the nations. And Herod gets jealous, and he begins to send out a decree. Every child from the age of two and under, kill them all. No, no, nobody knows exactly when Jesus was born, so Herod says, two and under kill them all. And so for the first two years of Jesus' life, Mary and Joseph are running from Herod, hiding so that he's not, so that he's not killed. Isn't this, isn't this kind of seem strange that, that the Messiah would come into the world in such a, I don't know, unplanned kind of a way? It seems like it's not necessarily what you would expect. It certainly isn't what, what I would expect, but in so many ways, can we all relate to this story? That, that there are so many times in our lives, seasons that we find ourselves in, or situations that, that, that we come before, and, and it's not what we had expected. This is not the way that I had planned. This is not what I, what I was assuming would take place in this particular season, certainly not in this particular way. And, and, and in a lot of ways, I think I certainly can relate to this because I look back at 2018, it, it carried with it a lot of great stuff. There was a lot of there was a lot of a lot of great events and great memories and but but also there was a lot of challenges. Things didn't always go the way I thought that they were going to go. Maybe you can relate. Maybe maybe 2018 was your best year ever. Maybe relationships were incredible. Your marriage is another level. Your friendships you had more than you could possibly dream of. Maybe your your business has just kind of gone to a, a new a new height. But but maybe for a lot of you, there's a lot of pain and struggle, and challenge, and and turmoil. And the thing that you had hoped for, the thing that maybe you even prayed for in 2017, it looks nothing like you expected it to look like in in 2018. Just the other week, I was talking to a friend of mine that I graduated from high school, and and he had asked me the question. He he said, said, so so who was your favorite teacher in high school? Who was your favorite? I said, that's a good question. I said, but, but you'd have to kind of reframe this a little bit because if you're talking about favorite, like who I had the most fun with or, or who, I learned the most, who I learned the most from. Because have you ever noticed that in our lives, 
the seasons that are the most fun aren't necessarily the most, the most fruitful. And, and that the seasons that we get the most out of aren't necessarily the ones that we would choose to go into to begin with. It, it had to be hard for Mary, man. Think about it. Like mentally, emotionally. Like for nine months, she was ridiculed. For nine months, no doubt, everywhere she went, people begin to whisper. It had to be incredibly challenging for Joseph to convince his friends that, that Mary's telling the truth. That, hey, I mean, I know it seems weird. Yeah, yeah, I know we're, we're, we're it just, it doesn't seem to make sense, but I'm staying with her, man. No, Joseph, are you sure? Because I think I saw Mary hanging out with Brian down the street the other day, and who knows where she's, what she's been up to. No, man, I'm telling you, she, this, this is legit. If she says it, I, I, it had to be hard. That, that, that's obvious. I mean, we can put ourselves into their position and, and think this, this is the ultimate test of faith and, and trust. But think about physically for just a moment. It had to be incredibly difficult for Mary, nine months pregnant, to travel all the way to Bethlehem, which, as the kid had mentioned, was a three to five day journey from where she, from where she was. It had to be even more difficult to come to discover that when she's there, there's, there's no room available. She, she finds the local hostel owner and says, hey, do you have anything? No, nah, I'm sorry, I, I, don't, I don't have any room here, but I got a friend, and, and he owns a barn, and it's, it's not really that sanitary, but you're, you're welcome to use it. Like, literally, historically, if we, if we put ourselves into this, into this story, we come to discover that even where Mary gave birth, she was risking her own life. Scholars believe that the, the disease and the infection alone, that before Mary, before Mary gave birth, that, that the family would have had to have said, this, this, this could be it. We, Mary may not make it out of this. It, it had to be so incredibly difficult, the pain. Think, think about it for just a moment. Nine months before, Mary is told by an angel, hey, the Lord's with you. He is? That's, that's good news. Yeah, in fact, God has favored you, Mary. He has? Yeah, the baby that you're going to give birth to, he's, he's the Messiah. He's, he's going to be called Jesus. He's going to come and save the world so that people can put their faith and their trust in him so that the sin of our past, the error in the wrong of our, of our lives, we can say, no, no, Jesus, you, you paid for it so I can have a relationship for all of eternity with, with the Father, that Jesus is going to bridge the gap between us and God the Father. And, and Mary said, this is incredible. I mean, she's a teenager. This must have been, in some ways, as frightening as she has, ha, had been, it must have been pretty, pretty encouraging, too, that she was found faithful. The Lord's with you. His favor is, is for you. Nine months later, she's in Bethlehem. Her water breaks. And she's like, God told me I'm going to give birth to a son. This is, this is exciting. They, they begin to go to the, to the local hotel manager, assuming that certainly God has made provision and preparation for the arrival of my son, whom he said I was going to give birth to. No. No room. No Airbnb. No reservation. Isn't this seem kind of strange? Like, we wouldn't expect that God would say one thing and then not provide in the way that we would assume him to provide later on. Because oftentimes we think that when God says he's going to do something in our lives, that it's going to be easy. But listen, don't, don't assume that you're wrong when life is difficult. 
when people question, when the struggle, when the struggle is real. I was thinking about it just the other day, uh, and I don't know if it's because I, 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 I was a youth pastor for so many years, but I think in really elementary terms, and, and I started to, started to think about a bouncy ball and, and the effects that, that it has when it, when it hits when it hits a hard surface. Because if you took this ball and I threw it against some pillows, it would just absorb, right? Like the ball would have no bounce back. If I threw it against a mattress, it, it might bounce back slightly. But if I, but if I use a hard surface, I'm pretty confident that, that, that I could make this ball reach the ceiling. The bouncy ball would stay true to its job description and would bounce really, really high. In a lot of ways, the harder the surface, the higher this ball is gonna go and it's gonna get a little dangerous in here. But, but if I, the, the harder I throw it and the, the harder the, the ground, the, the higher this thing is gonna, is gonna bounce back. Now, now listen, listen, listen. It had to be hard for, for Mary and Joseph. It had to. But, but, but listen, listen. It also had to be hard. Meaning, the harder the surface, the harder life's struggles, the harder the pain, the greater the challenge, the greater the opportunity for a miracle that only God could author. I think the way that Jesus came into the world is he's trying to tell us something. We can water this thing down. We can sanitize the story, if you will. But if we do so, we miss what Jesus in God is really trying to communicate through the arrival of his son, that this was difficult. This did not go the way that people would have assumed that the Messiah would enter the world. In a lot of ways, it had to be hard because then Mary and Joseph couldn't take credit for it. Jesus couldn't even take credit for it. That this was an act of God, a miracle from heaven. It had to be hard. I don't know what 2018 has brought in your life, but I'm telling you, the harder the surface, the greater life struggle, the greater the challenge, the greater the opportunity for a miracle, for a bounce back, for God to author a story that only God can take credit for. You know, I, I hope, I hope that the Buckeyes beat the Huskies. I really do. Like, I do, man. Like, I'm serious. But, but hope like that is watered down hope. We use hope so frequently in our English language. And really what we mean when we say we hope is that we wish. We wish. I wish that the Buckeyes will beat the Huskies, but I don't hope because I have no confident expectation of what's really going to happen in that game. I, I don't know who the victor is going to be. I have no control over that outcome either. Biblical hope, actual scriptural New Testament hope is defined like this. It's the confident expectation that what God has promised will come to, will come to pass and its strength is in God's faithfulness. Let me say that again. It's the confident expectation of what God has promised. And its strength is in God's faithfulness. So hope in a sports team is, is really kind of flaky hope. Because I, I can't hope that a team is going gonna, is gonna to win. I, I, what I really mean is it's, I have like a fleeting wish or desire that, that my team will win. But biblical hope is so much deeper so much bigger. The hope of Christmas is so much greater. Listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Hear that again. I, I, 
I consider that the sufferings, the challenges, the, the frustration, the pain in my present is not worth comparing to the glory that is to come, to the promise of my Savior in the future. He goes on, verse 24, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen, it's not real hope. For who hopes for what he has seen, for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. With, with patience. Zach, one of our one of our amazingly gifted musicians and, and worship leaders, he was up here and he he sang a song for us, which is it's honestly one of my favorite songs ever written. It's written by my favorite band called Hillsong. And the, the track is entitled Seasons. It's a really wordy song. And I remember when we told Zach we're going to sing this, he said, there's a lot of words in that song, man. I said, man, I just, I just want us to reflect on the, on the song itself for just, for just a minute as we celebrate this Christmas season. And one of the lines in the song that I think is so well written and so beautiful says, nature acquaints us with the nature of patience. You know, God, he's the author in the, and the designer of everything in the heavenly realm. And certainly he's the designer and the author of everything in the natural realm. And, and, and I want to I let you know, I want to teach you for just a moment that, that God really has aligned things spiritually to in many ways be compared to things naturally. What we see is actually meant to reveal Jesus in God's glory to us. So, so hear me, nature, nature, it really does acquaint us with God's nature of patience. I began to look at some, some animals this past week in preparation for this, for this message. And I, I began to discover that through winter, spring, summer, and fall, they go through a, a great season of preparation. In fact, the black bear in the winter, you, you know this, you already know this, this is it's like fourth grade stuff, but they, they hibernate in the winter. And that's also when the female is, is pregnant. Now in the spring, that, that black bear gives birth to its young and they become active, they leave the den. Then in the summer, the cubs begin to grow and breeding season begins all over again. And then the, the bears begin to gain weight for hibernation, which then leads them into fall where they, they make preparation for winter by, by making a den. And the bear becomes pregnant again and they repeat the cycle all over again. The blueberry bush, in the winter, it's dormant. The, there's no leaves and the sap, which is really the DNA, it's the secret sauce of the bush. It's, it's below the ground. In the spring, the sap rises, buds form for leaves and flowers, becomes full leaf in the summer. Berries form and ripen. Seeds in the berries are dispersed when eaten by animals and birds. Then check this out. In the fall, the leaves turn red. They drop to the ground, holding the sap. And then the sap goes beneath the surface for protection through the winter so that it can rise again in the spring. The lake trout, the fish, who knew? You'd be learning about this stuff in church someday. The, the lake trout, in the winter, the metabolism slows. They stay deep below the ice. The eggs hatch and the young feed off of the yolk sac because, because there's nothing else to feed off of. So, so God, in his sovereignty, in his majesty, provided a way for these little fish to still eat in the winter, in the spring, they, they eat real food. They begin to grow, and then the summer spawning begins. In the fall, female lays eggs, and they repeat that process all over again. Nature acquaints us with the nature of patience. 
I'm telling you, man, the season that you're in right now, it's all preparation for the season that God is taking you to. It may seem like 2018 has been a hard year for you. It may seem like 2018, it didn't have the expected outcome that you had once hoped for. It may have seemed that some of your dreams had kind of faded in the distance. But I'm telling you, there is hope that we can find today in the story of the birth of Jesus. It's the hope of Christmas. So the season that you are in is all preparation for the season that God is taking you into. Don't lose hope. Don't let up on what God has spoken to you. There's no word from God that will ever return void, that He will ever, that He will ever allow to fail. It had to be hard for Mary. It had to be hard for Joseph. It must have been hard, but also, it also had to be hard. The harder the surface, the greater, the greater the bounce back. So God sent a Savior in the most unlikely of forms, a baby. Why didn't he just send Jesus as an adult? Maybe live a year, kind of do a few miracles so we could read about them 2,000 years later. Give us a few teachings so we could kind of understand who God really is. Why did he choose to, to give Jesus in the form of a seed to impregnate a woman in her womb, to go through the pain of childbearing, to, to experience some of the same frustrations and disappointments that you and I experience? He did it so that today we could look you say, there's hope. There's hope. So for the first two years of Jesus' life, he's running from King, he's running from King Herod. There are seasons in all of our lives where it feels like God is hiding, or we are on the run, or it just seems like all hell is breaking loose around us. Let's just be real. Jesus is born a baby. But he grew into an adult and he was perfect and blameless and spotless. And he gave his life for you and for me on that cross. And just when the enemy had thought he had won, Jesus resurrected from the grave. Because Jesus is in the business of resurrecting hope. And so, so, so the final word is never the doctor's report. The final word is, is never the numbers on your bank statement. The final, final word is never, never the last conversation you had with your spouse, with your friends, with your teachers, with your children. No, 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 no. There's always hope when we lean in to Jesus. The hope of Christmas is found in those first, those first six letters. Christ. Is it six letters or five? C-H-R-I-S. See, I know what I'm doing up here, people. We got to lean into Jesus during this Christmas season. This is what it's all about. You bow your heads with me for just a moment.